Welcome to Friends in Fiction, five best-selling authors, endless stories. Friends in Fiction is a podcast with five best-selling novelists whose common love of reading, writing, and independent bookstores bound them together with chats, author interviews, and fascinating insider talk about publishing and writing. These friends discuss the books they've written, the books they're reading now, and the art of storytelling. If you love books and you're curious about the writing world, you're in the right place. Best-selling novelists Mary Kay Andrews, Kristen Harmel, Christy Woodson Harvey, Patty Callahan Henry, and Mary Alice Monroe are five longtime friends with more than 80 published books to their credit. At the start of the pandemic, they got together for a virtual happy hour to talk about their books, their favorite bookstores, writing, reading, and publishing in this new uncharted territory. They're still talking, and they've added fascinating discussions with other best-selling novelists. So join them live on their Friends and Fiction Facebook group page every Wednesday at 7 p.m. Eastern, or listen and view later at your leisure. Hi, everyone. If it's Wednesday night at 7 p.m., it's Friends and Fiction, five best-selling novelists, endless stories. We are five writers and friends whose common love of reading, writing, and independent bookstores binds us together, and a really long text string that binds us together. (laughs) (laughs) And this is our weekly friends and fiction show. This is our last show of 2020, and we are just getting started. I'm Patty Callahan-Henry, and I'm hosting our guest this evening, the modern Mrs. Darcy, Ann Bogle. And my next upcoming book is called Surviving Savannah and comes out on March 9th. Hi, I'm Mary Alice Monroe, and my next book coming out in May is The Summer of Lost and Found. Is Mary Kay frozen? I think she's frozen. Yeah. Kristen. That was Mary Kay Andrews, and her next book comes out at the beginning of May, and it's called The Newcomer, and hopefully she'll be back. (laughs) I'm Kristen Harmel, and my next novel is The Forest of Vanishing Stars, which comes out in July. Would you like to do Mary Kay? Now, Mary Kay. I'm sorry, y'all. My thing is saying I have un- I have unstable uh, Wi-Fi. I'm at the beach, but I'm Mary Kay Andrews, and I have an unstable Wi-Fi and an unstable, <laughs> also an unstable personality. But my upcoming book is The Newcomer, out May fourth. I'm Christy Woodson Harvey, and my next. My next book. Gosh, we're like all ha- I'm having technical voice difficulties tonight. I do not have COVID. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Um, my next book is Under the Southern Sky, and it releases April 20th. I had to think about that. How terrible. <laughs> it's post-Christmas. You know, we're still in that yeah. week. We're in a blur. Yeah, so, exactly. well, thank you so much for joining us tonight. We love that you show up every Wednesday night like this for us. Tonight, we have an incredible guest. We are so thrilled to have Ann Bogle, the modern Mrs. Darcy, here with us. And as you know, if you've been with us from the start, we support independent bookstores. And before we get started, I want to tell us all about the reason we are here, our love for each other and for independent bookstores. All of us at Friends in Fiction are passionate supporters of indies. Tonight, our bookseller is Carmichael Books in Anne's hometown of Louisville, Kentucky. 
As Louisville's oldest indie bookstore, Carmichael's opened on Bandstown Road in 1978 and then moved to Frankfurt Avenue in 1999. Carmichael's is a family business in the best tradition. As their business grew, so did the number of family members involved. And the staff now includes a second generation. Sounds like a book to me. Yeah. So visit them often for cool stuff about books, writers, and upcoming events. And this week they are offering 10% off on all books by Ann Vogel and the five of us. So now let me tell you about modern Mrs. Darcy, although I bet every single one of you already know her. She Mm -hmm. is a reader, a writer, a podcaster, and an amazing person. Anne is an author, the creator of the blog, Modern Mrs. Darcy, and a host of What Should I Read Next podcast, and also the newly launched One Great Book podcast. She has a popular show devoted to literary matchmaking, bibliotherapy, which I think should be a real thing, bibliotherapy, and all things books and reading. And there is more. There is the Modern Mrs. Darcy book club. She is the author of Don't Overthink It, which we all need to read. Make easier decisions, stop second guessing, and bring more joy to your life. Her other book is I'd Rather Be Reading, The Delights and Dilemmas of the Reading Life. And one of my favorites, Reading People, How Seeing the World Through the Lens of Personality Changes Everything. She takes the seven different frameworks of personality and explains characters and reading types through it. Modern Mrs. Darcy, which derives its name from a Jane Austen book, obviously, is a lifestyle blog for those who appreciate Anne's modus operandi of approaching old, familiar ideas from new and fresh angles. While Modern Mrs. Darcy isn't strictly a book blog, Anne mostly writes about books and reading. She lives in Louisville, Kentucky with her husband, her four children, and a yellow lab named Daisy. Anne, join us, please. I love that you ended with the dog. That I know. On my face. We try to end up with the dog or the cat or the, you know. <laughs> and welcome. We're so happy you're here. We I'm did it. to be here. We did it. We made it to the end of the year. It yeah. wasn't always I feel like I should pretty. knock on something. Yeah. I know, right? Right? Exactly. It wasn't always pretty, but we did do it. One more day until 2021. So okay, you want to sing Les Mis. I know exactly. <laughs> Can you start singing it? <laughs> oh my gosh! Please break out in song. Break out in something. We're going to talk about ways to start the new year with intention and really good books. And you always have the most incredible suggestions and recommendations. And we're going to dive into those. But first, can we please talk about how we made it through 2020? <sighs> Can we look back and see that things are going to be different and have been different? And what I want to know from all of you is what is something that you want to keep from 2020 and what is something that you want to leave behind? And I want you to go first. Oh, okay. Something I want to keep is we have made a huge deal about the dinner hour about food in general and the dinner hour. Like it's no longer survival. It's basically the only thing we're doing. It's like all our entertainment (laughs) and all our activities. And uh, it's been kind of fun. 
Yeah. I like that. I want to, I want to keep it going. Can I just share two things I want to carry in because yeah, I, yeah. Stuff I want to leave behind is just too depressing. Yeah. Um, I have been walking the dog. Like my life depends on it. Just yeah. got to get outside. Got to get outside. And part of that is oh. I'm an introvert and I want my alone time. And also there's, I need the vitamin D and the sunlight and the mm-hmm. sunshine. I'm like in the right. winter, I'm always like sidling up to the window to see what sunlight <laughs> I can, I can snatch from <laughs> through the clouds in Louisville, Kentucky. Yeah. I like to carry yeah. that into. That's I like awesome. that one. I like yeah. that too. How about you, Mary Alice? What do you want to keep and what do you want to let go? I think I was forced to some degree to get off the hamster wheel, and that's what I'm going to maintain. Yeah. I've yeah. been talking about it. Well, Patty, you and I've talked about it forever, yeah. getting off the hamster wheel. And yeah. it showed me it can be really done. And once you're off the hamster wheel, it does allow more time for serenity and reflection. Mm-hmm. And that's, I think that's the one thing I'm going to keep and what I want to leave is actually isolation. I like, I'm an introvert in some ways, but isolation, not being able to see my loved ones, yeah, really you know, hard. is hard. Not being able to call the girls over for a, you know, a glass of champagne or something yeah. and talk is, yeah. is sad. So I'm eager for the vaccine and to stop that. How about you, Mary Kay? Well, you know, I would like to um, keep my morning writing routine. Um, we've talked about it a lot on the show, but we, um, back in the spring, uh, we started a text a text chain amongst the uh, five of us about morning writing sprints, 7 a.m. writing sprints. And that routine, um, keeping to it and not breaking the chain. We were all about not breaking the, not the breaking the, the street. Yeah, the street. And that helped me complete um, the newcomer a month ahead of time. First time I've done it in 30 years. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's pretty cool. I keep that. And then I would like to, and also I'd like to keep the focus on family. Yeah. Remembering that, how important that is. I would like to lose the darkness and the uncertainty and the year of fear. Um, and I'd also like to leave. 30 COVID pounds. <laughs> yeah, I'm not <laughs> with you on that. <laughs> That's hilarious. Can we, wouldn't it be great if you could just say that and then you wake up on January 1st and all that is gone. Yeah. 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 How about you, Christy Wilson Harvey? What do you mean to and leave? Um, I sort of agree with Mary Alice about the hamster wheel. Like, I feel like I was going, 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 going so much. And a lot of times it makes sense and we need to, but a lot of times it didn't make sense. And I think Mm -hmm. this year I was so afraid that if I stopped for a minute that like it was all going to fall apart, you know, like if I wasn't speaking 87 times that year, how was anyone going to buy one of my books? You know? So I think, um, that has been something that I've learned like, Oh, I miss that. I want to go back on tour, but maybe not quite to the extreme that I was. Um, and then the other thing I've always been a very decisive person. This was really funny. This was like a really good time for this book. And I've mentioned this to all of you, I think, but there's something about 2020. I, maybe it's just, we've had to make so many decisions so quickly, but I feel like I've lost a little bit of that. Just like knowing that I feel like I've always had of just like, this is it. This is right. This is like, I feel like I've sort of lost that a little bit. Um, and this was so, this was such a good time for me to read this book. Um, and I want to get that back. Like that's something that, you know, I want to be able to kind of Mm. be back in touch with a little bit more than I have been. Yeah. I wonder if that's because we're so busy thinking how to get through the day 
right? Mm-hmm. There's, this, there's this worry about the virus and about our families yeah. that it takes some of the energy away from our decision-making because I think we've all had that problem. Yeah, yes, that. absolutely. Yeah. Decision fatigue. That's yes. it. Mm-hmm. Who just said that? Me. We, I think you said it to me, though, like yeah. a long time ago. So <laughs> it was really, I was just plagiarizing you, Patty. <laughs> How about you, Kristen? Don't say plagiarize. We are not using that word. No, no. no. (laughs) I borrowed it. Borrowed it from from PCH. Okay, go ahead, Kristen. Yeah, for me, I think something I'd like to keep is the lesson that there's beauty in the quiet and magic Mm. in the act of standing still for a bit. So kind of like Christy was saying prior, and and like Mary Alice said too, prior to 2020, I was always racing out the door to the next thing, Mm. Uh, you know, always ready for the next adventure. But um, I think I've learned in 2020 that it's life itself that's the adventure. And and I don't want to forget that. I don't want to think it has to be the external things. Mm. Um, And as far as something to let go, I think I'm really ready to let go of that forced social distancing. I'm doing it until this virus is over so important right now but i can't wait to hug again and shake hands and pat backs but yeah. mostly hug because <laughs> I, I i'm a hugger and not being able to do that feels like a piece of me has been removed yeah. so i'm, I'm ready yeah. to hug all of you oh and back at you and right yeah, back at you um, <laughs> i i think it's, it's it's like we are all copying each other same thing i want to keep yeah. the sense of slowing down of diving deeper into creative work without the need to go Go, go, go. Yeah. With that voice, like, go, go, hurry, hurry. And I want to leave behind, for me, it's that fear of uncertainty. Yeah. And know that change is certain and just learn to flow with it. Because here we are, we're almost to the end of the year and we did it. We're going to keep it. And we made some really great things happen too. And I think that's the thing that I keep thinking about is that we all say, oh, 2020, oh, 2020. But wow, there's some amazing things that came out of this year. Oh, yeah, you guys, we should probably also keep friends in fiction. We should probably keep that. I don't know how none of us said that. That's a good thing. Thank you. Absolutely. That was the best thing of 2020. Totally. It's the best thing of 2020. Look, we get to sit here and talk to modern Mrs. Darcy. So every year I choose a word for the year. And this year was hard because all I wanted to choose was let me out of here. <laughs> no, but that's too many words. So what what about you? And what do you do you ever do anything like that? What do you what would you say? I have in the past. Like I remember the word I chose for the year in like 2013. I've been tossing this around. Like one I thought about choosing was watchful for a variety of reasons. Oh, I like but that. but 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 uh, I love my options and one one word is just not not a lot of options. Which no, in, well, think, yeah. Yeah. in my book, one of the things I say is sometimes you just need to choose one and stick to it. And here I am saying, like, not just one. But <laughs> <laughs> nevertheless. I like yeah. one. How about you, Mary Alice? I feel like Mel gets them, but I just want to shout, freedom. <laughs> <laughs> Go anywhere, do anything, just get out. I'm free. Yeah. I just and, and mentally free as well. I just that's the word for me. I love that. How about you, Mary Kay? Empathy. Oh, love it. Yeah. We'll need that. This I year. want people to stop and I I and I wanna stress the word because I'm so often guilty of not thinking about how others feel or Mm-hmm. Um, not so I, I want to think about I want empathy to be the 
the my word thank me for me and for others and and for um I'm just going to call people out when they're mean. Yeah. yeah. And remind and think- people that we have to be, we really have to be kind to others, especially now. So that's especially um, now. I think that's brilliant because this is, we're going to have such, it's not going to be an easy new year for a lot of people. Yeah. And I think whatever we can do to help ease that. And I think working with booksellers, on this show is one of our goals, you know, spend the extra, if you have the dollar, spend the extra dollar. That's kind of combined with that. How about you, Kristen? Rebirth. Because I think, I think we're ready to come out of our cocoon and kind of start over again, the whole world. I mean, not just because of the pandemic, but there are so many ways that we're going to be reborn as a people in 2021. So rebirth. Love it. How about you, Christy? Well, I'm going to be really careful with my word this year because for 2020, my word was stillness. And I got a little more. (laughs) You got what you wanted. (laughs) Right. You got to be careful what you're putting out there because the universe is listening. Um, So I think for me this year, it's just going to be joy. Like I just miss, I miss being out. I miss being with my friends. I miss going places and going on trips and um, sort of like Mary Alice's freedom, but just really focusing on happy and joy and fun and yeah. I was your word for 2018. Joy. That was? Yeah, that was my word for tonight. The, the word I picked for this year is enchantment. Oh, wow. Yeah. I feel like one of the things that happened this year was that I was able to notice things more and be yeah. enchanted by them. And I, I want that to go to the next level. So, all right. Now we are going to pepper Modern Mississippi <laughs> with questions. Mary Kay, would you like to dive in first? Yeah, Anne, we are headed into 2021, as you might have noticed, and some people will be watching this in the new year. Now, you curate the most amazing list, so please tell us some of the books that you think and hope will carry us into the new year, and, and fiction and nonfiction. I mean, we're, we call ourselves uh, friends in fiction, but um, we're down with the nonfiction, too. Yeah. So um, hit us with your best shots. Ooh, holdovers from 2020. Mm-hmm. Is it weird that I was thinking the first two books that came to mind, scanning your all's faces and thinking about the books on my desk that I was just talking about that I love that are coming out. They were both, they both had survive in the title. Oh, wow. main friends. Yeah. I was thinking of Jane Harper's The Survivors and Patty, you're surviving Savannah. Oh, so apparently yeah. survival is the theme bubbling to the surface now. Yeah. There were so many great books in 2020. Okay, a few that I feel like I couldn't stop talking about were Deacon King Kong by James McBride, where he talked about heavy topics, but he was so funny that it just, it helped it go down easier. I love The Vanishing Half by Britt Bennett. Um, Beach Read by Emily Henry was such a fun change of pace for so many people, including me, even if the cover was a little rom-com deceptive. We'll we'll forgive her that. Um, And I'm a Jane Austen fan, and I just really love The Jane Austen Society by Natalie Jenner. It was the comfort reading I needed in my life this year. (laughs) We've heard that from a lot of people about that one. I'm glad to hear that. How about you, Mary Alice? I know you have questions. Well, we know that you, with all the books that you curate, you have you've honed your taste. So, what makes a book for you a five star read? Ooh, and okay. and do you have favorite genres? Like your most favorite genre, your least favorite, and 
is there one over the years that you've grown to like more than you had before? Mm -hmm. I do love a good story, well told. Um, And for a five-star read, Mary Alice, I hate star ratings. I feel like (laughs) because people want them to mean one thing when really they mean another. Like a star rating doesn't necessarily mean how good the book is or how well it was written. It means how much you liked it. And that's dependent on any number of things completely out of everyone's control but yours like did did you pick up the book about i don't know getting hit by a car the day you've got rear-ended like you know you the author can't help that and that's just not that's that's not true but not fair so i just i mean i love them but also i just i just want to put a big warning label on the star ratings but i I have have to say too just jumping in it's nothing worse than seeing um on on one of the sites uh, one star. Why? Because the book arrived damaged. Right, you're like, no! <laughs> That's like what? Someone's not clear on the concept of what a rating means. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's true. That's it's true. Point. Every day. But I know that what makes like a really exceptional reading experience for me, and I want um, really when when you say beautiful writing, people think boring. But I want writing mm. that really serves the story well, like where you can yeah. see the craft. And I want a good story. And that doesn't mean that people need to be like chasing each other around corners, but I want something that gets me turning the pages. And I also know that the most memorable reading experience is to have an element of surprise. And that doesn't necessarily mean a shocking plot twist, but but that premise sounded weird. And I didn't think the author could pull it off, but wow, she did it. I mean, that kind of surprise. And my favorite genre is something that I call compulsively readable literary fiction. I that love has, that. Yes, that has just yeah. incredible storytelling and prose that is just perfectly does what it needs to do to make the reader really, really happy. Oh, I love that. I love that. <laughs> but this year I've been blindsided by um, like a, a memoir about walking and um some science fiction which is not a genre i go to um so i love to take chances on new books because you never know what's going to happen and you don't i think a lot of times readers love the reading experiences the most where afterwards they say i never would have thought that book was for me but i'm so glad I picked that up and I'm definitely the same. Like I love a reading experience like that. You know, we haven't had science fiction, have we? On our show? We should. We definitely should. Thanks for thanks for the suggestion. I think was uh, Charlene Harris. Yeah. It's not science fiction at all. It's um, fantasy or fantasy. Fantasy, yeah. Yeah. Fantasy. There's some gateway books. I need some gateway books to, you yeah, know, yeah. wade into those yeah. waters. But I'm always, I'm, I'm glad. But you know, I think that's why your site is so amazing because that's where you go find a book where I would find a book where our listeners would find a book that we wouldn't pick up normally. Yeah. But you recommend it, and then you're like, well, that doesn't look like a book I'd really like, mm-hmm. but I trust her. And then you pick it up and you're like, whoa. And it's that's how word of mouth books get out. You think yes. it's a book you're not yeah. getting into, and then they get it out there. So mm-hmm. that's the kind of thing that makes me the happiest to hear. Yeah, yeah. when people say that. Yeah. Okay, Christy Woodson Harvey, I know you have a question. So, and you appear to me and to all of us, I'm sure, to be the most organized, decisive person in the world. Yes. Yet you wrote a book called Don't Overthink It. Yeah. <laughs> So first, can you tell us a little bit about, you know, how you came to write this book? Mm -hmm. And then also, are there any lessons that you learned while writing it that you think can help us have a better year in 2021? 
Yes. Okay. First of all, I am not naturally organized. I could tip this camera, but I'm not going to show you my office. Can I say it's because my kids like clothing is on there to go to the tailor, but really it's my embarrassing <laughs> book stacks. Um, but and for a long time, I thought, <laughs> what business do I have telling anyone how to do this thing that was hard for me to learn? And I came to believe that the people who are naturally organized or naturally decisive, they don't know how to do it because they just came out of the box that way. But yeah. someone who's had to, who's had to learn this thing step by step, who's had to really break it down and deconstruct mm -hmm. it in order to, to understand it and how to put those things into effect in her own life. I thought, well, maybe that's the kind of person who actually has something to offer people, you know, like yeah. when it's hard one, um, you, you have the before and after and you're not just like, what doesn't everybody automatically know what file folders you put the papers in? Cause I, right, right, I right. did yeah. not. Um, but the book itself, it was just born over. I mean, hundreds of conversations with blog readers over the years, but mostly like it's the product of a thousand girls nights where we sit around and we talk about why is this bugging me so much? And you know, what do you, what do you think about it? Three o'clock in the morning. Mm -hmm. um, it was specifically a conversation yeah. with one friend who was telling me about the things she was overthinking um, and fin finished the conversation one night and said, but we're women. What are we going to do? Like, this is just who we are. And like something she said, the way she said that years ago got me thinking like, is that really true? Like, I don't, ooh, that just doesn't sit right. Like, I think, I, I think that's actually worth exploring because I had realized how many people felt like that. Um, and what mm -hmm. I've always done in my writing isn't to be like, let me show you a new revolutionary system that I built from scratch that will, you know, change your life. Um, but why my way is more to like, I don't know, like let's walk three steps to the left and come at this slightly differently. And I think we get a new perspective that would really serve yeah. us well. And mm -hmm. that's really what I wanted to do here. Mm -hmm. That's yeah. awesome. Well, you did, did. Yeah, you definitely did. You definitely did. Yeah. And if you could write the book about like the file folders and stuff for me, that would be really helpful. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we'll like, take we'll that. like that too. Yeah. The like, friend who gave me lessons can give you lessons. Okay, I like that. Yeah, yeah. I like that. That's good. <laughs> That's amazing. When I, when I picked it up and read it, I, I kind of went at it with this attitude of like, I don't overthink things. Like this, is, I'm just going to read it. And I went, wow, I overthink everything. Yeah. Like, how do I simplify? How do, what can I take in? What can we take into 2021 from that book? Yeah. Oh, right. Like, what's the number one oh. thing? to take into 2021 from that book. Okay, first I'm going to give you the boring version. Values-driven decision-making. Okay, but the sexier version oh, is whenever you're yeah. thinking about what to do next, um, like the question I've learned to ask myself and that I would really recommend you like take out for a test drive is like, what really matters here? What's really going on? What is the question really about? Because, for example, um, my book tour started on March 5th. And so immediately we had to make all these decisions about when to cancel events, which events to, to cancel and bless our hearts. When we first canceled, we canceled events for like March 11th through March 13th. Oh, yeah. We would just see about the ones on the 20 something. Um, we did that too. Yeah. yeah. Right, right, right. So I'm, yeah. you know, thank you. Well, I'll go to therapy together. Actually, yeah. we're having it right here. Girl therapy, right? But so that sounds... Right now, we know how things turned out. But in the moment, we knew, like, this is hard now. It'll be easier later. But right now, we're just making it up as we go, and we don't have enough information. But just being able to ask ourselves, like, 
the real question isn't just about book tour. Like what are the actual underlying issues that are going to inform this decision? Like what are the real stakes? And really for us, it was the, the balance, not the balance, the conflicting values of really wanting to connect with people in person and really wanting to not put them, them in harm's way in any way we could help. And like, once Mm -hmm. we were able to clarify, like, why is this decision so hard to make? Like, what are the competing values? It was so much easier to make. So that was book tour. And I know that many of you are never going on book tour. You're like, I've seen what they do. That's nuts. Like, I'm just, no, thank you. Not my life. But even if it's something like carpool, carpool, like who's going to do this and when and why? Like just thinking, what's the, what's the real issue? What am I, what am I thinking here? Or what's for dinner? Or do I really want to go to girls night? Or do I want to go to that bookstore event? Maybe I should have an example that doesn't have to get together with friends. But, um, yeah. But even if you're thinking about socially distanced coffee, like what are you, what, what is it really about? Um, and just being able to identify like, what is the real question? What values are at stake here? And what do right, right, I right. really care about? Right, um, right, right. Cause the decisions this year have not been easy for mm-hmm. all kinds of reasons, wow. but just being able to articulate why, why they're hard and what really matters to us can not make them more fun, but can definitely make them simpler. Oh, yeah, I want to write and, that, all of it down. and that's really I'm, that's really bright, brilliant because it makes it, it takes it out of the me 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 the context. Which yeah, I think is so important. I think when we're making decisions about our own life, we know too many details to decide mm-hmm. well because yeah. we just get so bogged down in the particulars. But when you're able to um, like draw it in broad strokes, it was clearer. Well, actually, mm-hmm. another helpful tip is just to be like, "What would I tell my best friend if she came to me with this mm-hmm. question?" So that's also really helpful because it does give you that perspective. You don't know yeah. all the minutia. You just know the big picture. And often we can decide with the big picture, and but not with all the nitty gritty details. Mm. I love the uh, what's it really about. Mm-hmm. Really about. Mm-hmm. So, Anne, as we head into 2021, you have something really amazing for us. It's a new initiative. So the first thing I want to ask you about is your reading challenge for 2021. Instead of telling us what to read, Mm -hmm. you are giving us questions to hone our own lists and to revamp our reading life. And I want you to tell us all about this. I'm happy to. But you said, Anne, what do you, what do you, what's your new exciting thing? And I thought, I don't know. (laughs) What is it, Patty? (laughs) The new reading challenge. Yeah. We've done a reading challenge every year since like 2014, which we certainly did not invent the reading challenge, but it was not a thing then like it is now. And um, I just don't like something that we've always valued at modern Mrs. Dart. Can I just say, I love everything you said, but I do need to be clear. I am not the modern Mrs. Darcy. I feel like that would be super pretentious. I don't play her on the internet. That's a brand name. That's a brand name. But I do get called Mrs. Darcy all the time. My husband's (laughs) not a bad thing. Um, which, which I love. I love. Yeah, but, um, I, I, I could be called that without any problem. <laughs> yeah. Sounds but good to me. I just, who does she think she is? She does not think she's Elizabeth Bennett. Let's be clear. So, I mean, as amazing as that might be like, okay, I will not make any Colin Firth jokes here. I will not do it. <laughs> oh, I love yeah. Colin Firth. You can say whatever you want about Colin Firth. I call dibs on Colin Firth. Oh. <laughs> Well, this year we did our reading challenge a little bit differently, and we've thought about doing this for years, but instead of giving people a list 
of books to read, which if you look at reading challenges on the internet these days, they've gotten, I mean, they're fun. They're fun. I think they can be a lot of fun to read a book whose author shares your middle name or read a book whose cover is Periwinkle. Like that has like a scavenger hunt kind of feel to it. And so it can be fun in that way, but that doesn't mean it's going to do good things for your reading life. And as long as you know, those are two different things, that's totally fine. But what we do, I mean, our, our goal and everything we do is to help people get more out of their reading lives. And we really believe that when you get more out of your reading life, you get more out of life. So oh, we have fun with it, but it's also, I mean, this is serious, fun business. Mm-hmm. And so we wanted to start this year's challenge with helping readers think about what do you want out of your reading life? I mean, it could be learning new things, or it could be finding community and connection, or it could be escape. And all of those are completely valid, but your choice will affect what you want to read. And quite honestly, none of those are going to be impacted by reading a book where the cover is periwinkle. So in this year's challenge, we invite people to set their intentions and we have a little worksheet to go through. Like, what do you want? The examples I just gave were community, connection, fun, escape, learning, knowledge, that kind of thing. Um, We invite you to choose a couple of mini projects because it's not just about building a reading list. It's about building a reading life and then to make your list accordingly. I like that. Yeah. So, and the thing we've heard from readers is, um, oh my gosh, I saw what you put out and I thought, just give me the list lady. But, (laughs) but then I did it. It was so fun. And I'm so excited about what's, what's coming next. And I'm glad I took your word for it. And that made me feel good. But um, if that is, we understand, we already talked about decision fatigue. If 2020 has done a number on you and you can't make a single other decision, we do have some preloaded options that do give you a list, but I would really encourage you if this sounds intriguing to do this brief little seven minute exercise in self-discovery. I think it could do your reading life some good. It's so smart because sometimes we head into it. um, Even those of us who write books in this kind of haphazard way, a book we hear about a book that's laying around a book that somebody gives to us and to go at it with intention Mm -hmm. as, as we want to go into 20, 21 with intention, it's it's a great idea to ask what we want out of the books we're going to. And it might lead us into books we wouldn't have read otherwise because we have an intention of what we're looking for. Yeah, so true. Well, speaking of that, Patty, I think one of the things that comments that we get on Friends and Fiction that I really treasure is when people say, you know, it because of the authors who come on, they are reading books that they would not have ordinarily yeah. chosen. And I think that's the key. That's what the secret of a good book club is, is to, to, do, is to widen your horizons in reading. I'm reading books that I wouldn't read normally because yeah, of friends yeah. of fiction, which yeah. I think is, I mean, that's been one of the gifts for me. I'm like, oh my gosh, I've never read this author or this genre or whatever. And now I'm like, right, hooked yeah. on it. It's fantastic. Yeah. 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 And then you're hooked. That's exactly yeah. the yeah. All right, Kristen. Sorry, I, can you guys hear me okay? I'm yeah, having the weirdest audio issues. Oh, yeah. You're oh, my gosh. I, I, you guys sound like robots to me. I do not know what is happening to my computer, so I apologize. <laughs> but, Anne. We're talking about robot voice today. We're all doing robot voice. <laughs> and you just forgot to loop me. Yeah, we're okay. So, so, Anne, I read an interview with you where you quoted Toni Morrison, who said, if there's a book that you want to read, but it hasn't been written yet, then you must write it. And at the time, you said that was sort of the philosophy behind the founding of the modern Mrs. Darcy. This idea that it was the kind of community that you wanted to be a part of, but it didn't exist yet. 
So I think we all felt similarly when we founded Friends in Fiction. And in so many ways, this year has been about finding one's community and finding comfort in that. So as this year draws to a close, can you talk a little bit about finding a need, filling it, and how doing something like that, creating a place for people to gather and feel at home, ultimately helps make the world a better place? I mean, you started with Toni Morrison and you ended with books and reading. So what's, yeah. what's not to like there? Um, <laughs> it, it's true that we've always, I mean, there's certainly a philosophy of writing in any, in any medium that says, survey people and ask what they want and then go make it to their specifications. And that's just not really held any interest for me because um, I think that's a profit-driven motive, which where's the satisfaction in that? Like the idea to talk about books and reading isn't to buy a car or a microwave. Like it's to (laughs) to talk about books and reading because what, what I really love about this space is the way when you connect with someone over books, you really can connect with them. Like people make jokes about how like, Oh, you never have a meaningful conversation about weather or movies. But when you're, when you're talking with people, even strangers about books, it's such a shortcut to get to the heart of what matters in life because a good book talks about things that really matter and it hits you in a really personal way. And you get to have that like, oh, me too. Like you would never say, tell me about your relationship with mother and your hopes and fears. But through the lens of talking about a novel, you can get there in 25 seconds and it is not awkward at all. Yes. Yes. Which is such a gift. true. I have, well, I'm an introvert who's always been a little bit of a watcher. So that's very true. But the the satisfaction for me has always been in creating the space that doesn't exist that you see the need for. I mean, even something like as seemingly uh, trivial is the reading challenge. There's, there's no satisfaction in putting out into the world, like something that now is already there in abundance. Like there has to be a reason for us to do it yeah. and to do it in our own way, because if the space is already, if that need is already being made, then to what end would we be adding words as well? Yeah. And I don't know how to tell you to go find it because so many times, like the world is right in front of you, but it's that, it's that specific way of seeing it mm-hmm. that, that triggers the little light bulb moment that like tells you what you need to do. And that's hard. I mean, we were talking earlier about how like what I write is about taking three steps to the left and seeing it through a different lens. Um, yeah. But I do like how fiction invites us to see the world um, in different ways and to see it through other people's eyes. And I do think that reading and reading regularly and reading a variety of books help us see what's happening in front of us in, in different ways that might not otherwise be available to us. It's so true. And in 2020, I think we've really shown a lens, not, not we, but the, the world, the bookish world has really stepped out and said, Hey, we need to be looking at things from a different perspective. We need to be reading different authors and more diverse books. And I think we're all going to have a really different future because of that. Diversity. Yes, absolutely. There was an article in the New York Times today. I know I shot it to all of you on a text about how the book publishing industry is really healthy because people are reading. Book sales are up a huge percentage, including in hardback, including in print. And that tells us that that what you're doing, Anne, and what we're doing, it, it, it's all part of, of the world growing into a better place. And Thank people are not people are they're doing it. Yep. 
You know, Patty, when I saw that, I thought that was the best news to end the year with. Yeah, it was fantastic news. And there was some great quotes in there about how important books are and how they're growing. So, okay, so the four of us have had a chance to ask Anne some questions. And for those of you watching, if you'll put your questions in the live chat, we're going to pull a couple of them. But for now, we took a couple that were asked this week. Mary Kay, I think you have the first one. Yeah, Anissa Joy Armstrong, who is a regular with us, her question for Anne is, has 2020 changed the way you make life decisions? That's a good question. Um, And I'm going to say, I feel like this is kind of a trick question. Um, (laughs) Isn't isn't the answer supposed to be yes? But I don't think so. I I feel like 2020, so much was coming at me so fast. professionally, but also personally, like I just went through some hard things this year. And I was just really grateful for the foundation that I had laid in in the like immediate previous years. Um, I feel like I was just kind of test driving some of those decision-making modes and points of view. Um, but 2020 was, was a time where I really wanted to decide, like, I have what it takes. I know what I know. I have enough tools to do the best I can with with what I've already been equipped with and just really trust that because I didn't have time to learn anything new and I didn't have time to pivot and I didn't have, you know, I I didn't feel emotionally able to be inventing new ways to make decisions, but just to settle into what I already knew, I think is what I did in 2020. Hmm. Okay, I want to write this down. I'm going to put it on our page. I have what it takes. I know what I know. That's probably just from Lost, Patty. That's probably from what I don't know where it's from, but I'm writing that down. That is awesome. All right, Mary Alice, I know you have a viewer question. I do. It's from Tawny Cisneros. And one of the things she starts with, she's one of my favorite finds of 2020. So that's what she says about you. So I think that's great. And here's her question. I would love to know how Ann Bogle decides on her guest list. Does she plan based on seasons, book releases, or is it based on her mood? This is for what should I read next? Okay. Our podcast, if you don't know. No, I beg your pardon. On your guest list. I think that must be for the podcast. Yeah. It must be your podcast. Yes. Okay. Um, We, I mean, that's a great question. So most, oh, about the podcast. So every week I talk to a reader and they tell me three books they love, one book they don't, and what they're reading now. And I recommend three books they may enjoy reading next. I know that should is built into the title because that's the way questions um, are, are. That's that's a question people ask. What should I read next? But in my book, I'd rather be reading. We talk about how should is kind of the bad S word of the reading life. So I'm hesitant to use it yeah, despite the yeah, fact yeah, that it's yeah. in that name. But um, what what makes it different than other book podcasts is we don't we don't talk to you guys. Like I have to be really stingy with the author friends that I love talking to because that's not, that's not what we do. Like there are so many good shows that do that. And sometimes we, we tried, we can make that work because you all have vibrant reading lives. I'm sure. And, and our show is the place to come on and talk, not just about, you know, like you tend to get asked the same questions in interviews and that's not what I'm going to ask you. I'm going to ask you what's on your nightstand and how you decide what to read next. And tell me about a book that you really don't like. And if you're an author, you, that's kind of awkward. You, yeah. most, most people choose somebody dead who's been dead for a really long time. That's, <laughs> right. fine. True. that's fine. You're that's... not going to say anybody alive. Right. <laughs> Daniel Hawthorne. <laughs> 
Yeah. But in the reading life, the truth emerges in contrast, which is why we do that. But that means that most weeks we talk to our, our guests have dubbed them regular readers who it could be your mom, your sister, your teacher, your neighbor, your best friend, Love your nephew. Like, and by regular, we mean not a professional book person and probably not also mm -hmm. like a celebrity or personality or anybody with a million Instagram followers, just, just somebody that could be you, you. which is kind of fun about the show. Cause it always feels like it could be you. Mm -hmm. And, and it's, it's fascinating to me um, how readers think that everybody we talk to is like a star because when you talk to a regular reader, about something they're expert in and something they're passionate about, which is their reading life, they sound uh, they sound like an expert. You know, they sound like a prominent authority because they are. Um, but what's important to the show? Because every week we want we want everyone listening one week to go, oh, that's my book twin. That's how I read. That person could be me. And you just listen in a different way. You learn something every week because listening to anyone talk articulately about their reading life either makes you go, I never thought about it like that. Oh, that's totally me. Oh, that's not, you know, I just hadn't thought about how I read, but listening to them describe how they read, I can see my own taste in contrast, but we just need a wide variety of readers and reading tastes. So we have a submission form. It's at what should I read next podcast.com slash guest where books tell us three books. They love one book. They don't what they're reading now and what they want to talk to Anne about. And we just are always looking for a lovely variety of readers. I love that. It's such a great podcast. It's a great concept too. I mean, it really is. It was really and for all of you out there, I promise we'll post it on the announcements so that we can remind you what it's called and send you a link. But on the live questions over and over, we're getting where do they find their questions for your reading challenge? Where do they find that? Mm -hmm. There's a blog post that went up last Monday on modernmrsdarcy.com. It's called the 2021 Reading Challenge. And if you put your email in that box, you'll get it. You get a seven page PDF. So that's email is the easiest way to share. Okay. But we'll send you, we'll send you the kit oh, that's and awesome. it's free. There's no charge. Just it'll, and you should get it within a few minutes. It's awesome. So Christy, so many live questions coming in. It's amazing. Yeah, we do. Although I have to say, um, so our managing director, Meg had a question and it's so good. And I want to know the answer too. So I kind of, Sorry, we're getting so many good live questions, but this one was just really good. Um, so she said, having written Don't Overthink It, which is somewhat of a self-help book. I don't know if that's like the appropriate term, but you know what, what we mean. I do, I do. Um, can Anne tell us if she has any favorite titles in this genre, any that have really resonated and stuck with you over the years? Mm -hmm. Oh, that is a good question. Thank you, Meg. I have to say that my, my favorite books in this genre tend to have a more creative spin. And mm -hmm. I love, and I love books that are, I mean, I read plenty of writing books, but the ones that I feel like are most surprising and help me think most expansively are written by people near my space, but not in my space. So I love mm -hmm. reading works from choreographer, choreographers and dancers. And oh, wow. I guess, Oh, it's is still words. And, uh, you know, people who are not doing quite what I do, but do like understand the creative life and are engaging creative pursuits. I really appreciate that. Like I've loved the works of Twyla Tharp about um, oh, routine so and, and the creative life. She's so good. 
Ah, interesting. What's the, uh, the, the creative habit I think might be my favorite by her. And I also oh, love books right about, um, written by people who ask good questions. Like I just, just finished rereading. Maybe you should talk to someone by Lori Gottlieb, which so is read that a, five times. a little yeah. bit memoir, a little bit how to, but really it's about, uh, what's happening beneath the surface, which is always a theme that draws me and mm-hmm. asking good questions and figuring out, um, how the life you're living and the, the, the stuff you've dealt with affects how you're living your life right now. It's just an astounding book. Mm-hmm. It's really good. Nice. Okay. So well, I'm sold. We will, you know what? We will put, um, we'll, re- re- we'll try to remember to post those books the Lord <laughs> title and the Twilight Tharp title. We'll, um, y'all will try to post those um, on the Facebook page so that you can, and with links to them. Yeah. So you can yeah. find them. And to her book club um, reading challenge. We'll put all that up. Fantastic. How about, Kristen, you want to pull a live question? Yeah, and Christy Sievert is wondering, what is your most anticipated read of 2021? Oh, okay. That's especially hard to answer because I've already read a lot of them. Um, let me- I'm going to start from the five of our books. Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah that goes oh, out there. It's given. I'm trying to think. I have at least three of yours, but apparently two more are still in the mail. They'll be coming. But mine's not done, so I'll get it to you. (laughs) (laughs) Mine's not either. There's our done, so that means you have mine. That's good. (laughs) Okay, let me see. Okay. I already talked about Emily Henry, but I have to say that I read her new book. I really enjoyed it. Um, but it's an homage to when Harry met Sally. I mean, that's all I need to say, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. All right. Well, we're going to take a quick break. Mary Alice, will you remind us about the bookstore of the week? I certainly will. This is Carmichael's Books and as Louisville's oldest independent bookstore. Carmichael's opened on Barton Road in 1978 and Frankfurt Avenue in 1999. And Carmichael is a family business in the best tradition. As their business grew, so did the number of family members involved. And the staff now includes a second generation, which I think is very cool. Visit them often for cool stuff about books, writers, and upcoming events. And they are offering this week 10% off books by Anne Bogle and the Fab Five. And Anne, will you tell us why you love the bookstore, Carmichael's, and why you chose it? Well, remember what we were saying about values-driven decision-making? Yeah. Mm -hmm. When my family moved a few years back, one of our key priorities was walking distance to coffee Coffee? and books. So if that... I mean, our family resides in a house determined in part by Carmichael's bookstore. And I feel like that says it all. That does a lot. <laughs> so I love that you put your own advice into action and it made the decision where you live. That's that, amazing. It makes life so much better. It really does. Oh, wow. <laughs> all right. So usually about this time, we ask our guest for a writing tip, but we are going to ask you for a reading tip. So what is your best reading tip as we want to start this new year off with a reading bang. Oh, okay. Well, I can give a writing tip, like the five second version, just put your butt in the chair and don't get yeah. out. That's yeah. a good one. There we go. Um, solid. A reading tip. <laughs> my, best, <laughs> my best reading tip. 
I don't know. I kind of feel like I'm always saying the same thing. So let me, let's try something new. Um, I would say that a lot of times, especially as we're talking about branching out and how the element of surprise can be so delightful and so memorable, not just for me, but for many, many, I mean, I've heard this from thousands of people over the years. I would say that a lot of times we describe ourselves as mood readers and we think we need to be in the mood to pick something up. And I would just like to suggest that maybe instead of waiting for the mood, you can make the mood. If there's a book in a genre that you haven't tried or an author that you think I might, you know, maybe, but you don't think you're in the mood for it, just give it 20 pages. And oftentimes you'll find, you know what? This is the book I've been waiting for. Because we don't always <laughs> yes. know what we want. We don't always know what we want until it's right in front of us. And that book isn't going to like walk over and fall in your lap. You have to make that happen. So just, mm-hmm. you know, give it a try, which would, which would pair well with a common tip I give, which is um, you don't have to finish every book you start. You really oh. don't. So if you pair oh. those two tips, if you say, I'm going to give it 10 pages and see how it feels but I'm not necessarily on the hook for 400. It gives you a Mm. lot of freedom to experiment. And that's the way we discover, you know, those gems that make us say like, oh my gosh, best of the year. But I never would have picked it up if fill in the blank hadn't happened. And I I have to say too, that I grew up where it was, I felt like I was breaking a rule if I didn't finish the book. I still you know, kind like, of feel like that. I, I, so I'm glad like, Anne's I, giving I you permission. You're giving us permission to say yeah. yet. <laughs> there should it's be a hotline. Line. There really should. It's <laughs> our 2021 <laughs> project. Like. Maybe we'll like run that on April Fool's. Except I really mean it. Maybe we'll run a hotline one day. The Modern Mrs. Darcy team will put out a number. We'll answer your calls. We'll, we'll talk you out of reading that book. <laughs> <laughs> Most of the time, we're trying to talk you into it. But on that day... <laughs> Step away. It's not hysterical. <laughs> I feel like a sense of relief when she said that, like, huh, oh, oh, I don't have to. I don't, yeah, I can I don't have to. It's not a rule. Yeah, it's not a rule. I'm not going to get tested at the end. Yeah. <laughs> okay, we're going to make a couple quick announcements, and we have one last question for you, Anne, after that. But Mary Kay, tell us about book club. Yeah, you know, we have a Friends in Fiction official book club, and I'm excited to tell you that in January, uh, they're reading my novel, Ladies' Night. So um, check that out. Join the book club if you haven't read Ladies' Night. I hope you'll want to, and I'll be chiming in on the book club page and answering questions, and then we'll have a fun, uh, fun book club night. So it's Ladies' Night for January. And which reminds me, we need to tell everyone, Anne Bogle has a book club, the Modern Mrs. Darcy book club, among the many other things on her on her website. And Kathy, Mary Kay Andrews Ladies Night Book Club is actually a separate Facebook page called the Friends in Fiction Book Club. Yes. I'm sorry. Join it. And yeah, you can do that. So Christy, tell us what's coming up. Oh my gosh. So many great things are coming up. So our next show next Wednesday, January 6th, we will welcome all of our friend Diane Chamberlain. And then mm-hmm. the next week we'll be chatting with William Kent Kruger. Then we'll be talking about our own debut novels and the most buzzed about debuts of 2021 and more. I also can't believe that the launch of our very own Patty's Surviving Savannah is only mm-hmm. nine weeks away. Mm-hmm. That's just a quarter of school, Patty. Like that's nothing. <laughs> <laughs> so know. we'll be celebrating that on the show on March 10th. And we'll be giving you an inside look at the book that you will not see anywhere else so join our facebook group follow us on instagram subscribe to our channel on youtube and to our weekly newsletter 
and listen to our podcast wherever you get your podcasts. We're everywhere. And you can find out more about all of that under announcements on our page. And coming soon, a hotline. We'll have our hotline. <laughs> <laughs> You'll be the That's first to know. <laughs> That's hilarious. All right, Kristen, go ahead. Tell <laughs> so, us about the podcast. Yeah. Sure. So, so speaking of the podcast Christy mentioned, most of our podcast episodes so far have just been audio replays of our live show. So they're a great way to catch up on what you've missed if you haven't been here for every single episode. But we've also begun putting some original content up there, like mm-hmm. like. Uh, Mary Kay and I recently interviewed the geniuses who run marketing for two of our favorite bookstores. We'll have new interviews with authors, editors, agents, and influencers coming up in January and beyond. And you won't be able to find those shows here on Facebook or on YouTube. So make sure to subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss a thing. You can find more information under announcements on our Facebook page or just search for Friends and Fiction wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Anne, we have one last question for you. Um, it's from a viewer. And it is, what are three, what three sources are your favorites for new reads? Oh, I thought that was going to be a superlatives question. No. Who do you think is the funniest? <laughs> no, what three sources are yeah. your favorite for new reads? I mean, besides the Modern Mrs. Darcy website, where do you go to find new reads? I am going to speak in categories, which feels like cheating, but this is the honest truth. Uh, My author friends who read books with a different, pickier lens than many people, which it's a blessing and a curse, y'all. Sometimes it It feels like a curse. It is. But if you want good book recs, it it can be a blessing. Uh, My bookseller friends who read things way early and who are also running it with several different programs in in their brain. Do I like it? What kind of customer will like it? Um, Do I want to champion it? Um, So when one of my, you know, dozen regular bookseller friends says, hey, Anne, I read this book and I thought of you. I'm like, I cannot get it fast enough. And then um, like my, my real life close friends who I love to talk books with. And you can enjoy talking books with somebody, even if you haven't read the same books. But Mm -hmm. if you also get to talk about the books that you have read together Mm -hmm. sometimes, that adds, I mean, I I love doing both. So books, books, books recommended and read by people, people that I love in my real three dimensional, six foot apart. (laughs) (laughs) Lately, I've been talking all the books with my friend. We go to the park. um, We walk the hills. We're six feet apart. And we, we, you can talk about a lot of books in eight miles. That's one of my life giving things lately. I know. That's amazing. And except for all the time I I told you, got to put your butt in the chair to get the work done. That's right. My butt is reflecting that. (laughs) (laughs) I would never, Mary Alice, would never say that. All right, ladies, that is our program for tonight. Although I know we could talk for hours, and what amazing things you told us about. Thank you for joining us. And to all of you who are here with us on Wednesday nights, watching and listening later, we could not be more grateful to you. We are thrilled you spend your Wednesday nights with us or listen on the website or podcast. You are the reason we keep coming back and we will see you next Next year. year. Next year. Yeah. Oh 2021. 2021. Thanks for bringing us home, man.
everybody. This is a pleasure. Thank you all for coming and thank you for having me. Happy Great to see you again. Bye, Anne. Take care. Thank you. Happy New Year. You've been listening to the Friends and Fiction Podcast. Be sure to subscribe to the Friends and Fiction Podcast wherever you listen. And if you're enjoying it, leave a review. You can find the Friends and Fiction authors at www.friendsandfiction.com as well as on the Facebook group page, Friends and Fiction. Come back soon, okay? There are still lots of books, writing tips, interviews, publishing news, and bookstores to chat about. Goodbye. Produced by Autovita Studios. Connect your voice to the world.